Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science fact. Engines primed, engage! Hey, hey, this is Alexandria. I'm Jane Smith. And I'm Douglas Gale. And I will be bringing you Space News, Star Trek, Duck Space Nine, Firefly, Black Mirror, and probably superhero stuff. Dystopian fiction! Who's excited? I'm Jesse Mercury, and I'll be your constant cosmic companion, bringing you the weekly space news and sitting down with these amazing friends to talk about science fiction. We are Space Nerds! What's up, Space Nerds? Welcome to the show. Today we have special coverage of time travel. I'm very excited about it. So I recently sat down with my friend Lauren Dupree, our special guest on the show this week, to talk about the Netflix movie See You Yesterday. So this episode of the podcast originally started as just that, just a conversation about See You Yesterday. Uh, But then last week I watched this movie with my girlfriend Andy called About Time, and it was another really interesting time travel movie. And that got me thinking about, is is there anyone out there trying to make time travel a reality? And I actually found... Uh, some some science, <laughs> some time travel science. So believe it or not, this week's space news is actually about sp- scientists trying to make time travel a reality. That's actually happening. But before we get to that, we actually had a comment on the last episode that I wanted to chat about, and it involves Alexandria. So as luck would have it, I actually just got a, tele- a teleporter. I have a teleporter now, so I wanted to try it out. I haven't experimented with it yet, so I'm going to see if I can beam in Alexandria to talk about this comment on last week's episode. Okay, let me give this a shot. Uh, oh what? my God. Oh my God, it worked. Okay. So I was just sitting in my living room <laughs> playing Breath of the Wild. Oh shit, did you save? I don't even know, Jesse. I, sh- I guess How I should dare you? I should have texted you before I beamed you over I to my mean, apartment. I mean, you can't just just sequester me. I was just so excited. I'm I wanted sure to see if it would that's not the word that I'm looking for. You can't just You're taking this really up. well. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just cue me up. What if I were butt-ass naked, Jesse? Send me back, damn it. Uh, you want me to send you back? Wait, okay, wait, I, what do you, okay, what do you want me here for? I, Hi, everybody. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that I'm talking to the space nerds. You are, yeah. How did it feel to be transported? I didn't feel a thing. Literally. Oh, wow. Literally. I didn't feel a thing. Literally was playing Breath of the Wild. Blinked. <laughs> and here I am. Did you think you were crazy for a second? Well, no. Because I know you. So <laughs> just I'm just like, like here go Jesse on one of his shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got a comment on the last episode that I wanted to talk to you about. That's why oh, I no. beamed you over because oh, I cool, wanted cool, your opinion. I guess we can talk about I'm Clearly, I'm really game. Clearly, I'm just game for anything. You're just playing Breath of the Wild. This is fine. Yeah. Although that is important. It's really important. How's that going? It's going so well. Like, I'm I'm feeling braver. You know, sometimes I I fight people and sometimes I run from them. Most times I run, but sometimes I fight. Yeah. Sometimes I run. Sometimes (laughs) I fight. Sometimes I'm scared of them. Come on. Do you know that song? I have no idea what Ah, that is. Ah, it's Britney Spears. Okay, I don't feel bad. How dare you? Although... Britney Spears had some really great singles. All I like, really want is to hold I you don't tight. think that was one of them. But Treat Toxic was really good. Toxic is fantastic. Yeah. And when that, I still listen to that every time that comes out. Okay. Maybe, um, all I need is maybe I've made a mistake. Tonight. I might just beam you home. <laughs> 
Well, what do you have me for here? Hell. Okay, we got a comment on the last episode cool. from Charlie, and I wanted to share this with you. So the beginning of it is just very, is, is nice things that awesome. I was very happy to hear. He says, I uh, just discovered this podcast about a month ago, and I love it. The deep, <laughs> I love it. I love the deep dives and the tangents, and I love listening to you discover all the strange things going on in space. Your lengthy podcasts have filled my daily commute <laughs> with tons of nerdy joy <laughs> and have my coworkers asking why I'm in such a good mood so early in the morning. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's great. Shout I will, out sometimes to you, I'm like, I, I, I worry that the episodes are like two and a half hours long. I'm like, is this too much? I'm like, ah, who cares? Uh, what I'm sa- that's what I'm saying. Like, I listen to podcasts and I love when they're long because I do commute places. Yeah. And we live in Washington State. That's no um, surprise to anyone, I don't think. Yeah. And so everything is commute commutable and that's not how you use that word but we we have to commute all the time and so you have something fun to listen to something nerdy something uplifting and yeah that's awesome listener what else did this person say that clearly i don't maybe it takes a turn because it starts with compliments no it's all good stuff (laughs) um okay okay. and i will say that like i got this yesterday and i was having a bit of a rough day and Mm -hmm. this really made my day like really cheered me up it made me feel Like I was a part of something special. Come and I'm through, like, oh, space nerd, great. whoever you are. Yeah, thank you so much, Charlie. Charlie! Okay, so here's what Charlie said. On the subject of 15 million merits, <laughs> I never considered that the... Uh, I never considered that Bing's view at the end might be false. So we're talking about uh, the Black Mirror episode we talked about. Where he was standing in the front of the windows, but he might be in front of screens. Yes. Or do you mean just the entire room and everything? Just yeah, that like, view. Where I, I thought that it was like screens showing I, the and outside. When I first saw the episode, I thought it was actual windows. But then when you, you thought said it, was it windows. I thought yeah. it was windows until watching it through for the podcast. And I was like, oh, that looks actually quite fake. Okay. Well, Charlie thinks that it's windows. And this is really interesting. He Great. says, to me, the view is showing that there is no real reason everyone has to live the way they do, Oof. but that they choose to. Ugh. Everyone is so caught up in this virtual world that they ignore the real. Ugh. It kind of reminded me of Fahrenheit 451, where the book burning wasn't some form of sem- censorship forced on the population by some dictatorship, but something the population itself wanted and developed over time. Also, spoiler alert, because I actually <laughs> have never read for it. Well, forget that. That's great. No one wanted to be forced to think deeply about things. They wanted to be surrounded by screens and shows where nothing made them feel too emotional in a negative way. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Except, well, then why do people, in this case, Charlie, why do people um, compete to be on Hotshot? What do you mean? Is it just the few who think that there is more to life than being on those bikes? Because what he's saying is, like, if everyone is just content, it sounds like no one wants anything more than to be on that bike, wants anything more than, like... The drive is not there. They lack, they lack ambition to go like, there might be something else out there. They just kind of ride their bikes and watch their things and collect their merits and yeah. buy their machine foods and whatnot. So it sounds like what Charlie is saying is those people who are just content, what is the point of hot shots? Is it just for those few who believe that there could be something outside of the bike? And then how? And then do they get swindled like uh, Abby did because now she's a wraith babe? Well, I think he's saying is that the whole <laughs> lifestyle of of living this way is is a choice rather than a necessity. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think like in that choice, people will still go after fame and fortune by wanting to be on hot shots. True. Okay. Um, but I had never thought about the fact that like, what if? People have chosen to live underground and the top of the ground is fine. Wow. Like, I never considered that because I just assumed it was fake and I assumed it was a post-apocalyptic scenario. But this is actually a really interesting thought and I think could be... I I actually... I mean, if I stop to think about it, I'll bet that the creator of the show wanted it to be viewable in both ways and that there probably isn't a correct answer. I still have questions about what air down is. 
Like we, yeah. I've, I've, I've <laughs> yeah. been, I still, y'all, we I were still talking have about questions. This I think I texted or something like, yeah. because I've been searching because Abby says that I try to go to air down, but it, like with my sister, but it was full apparently. So what is air down? What is a different, what is a yeah. different job that can be done other than bikes? Yeah. I, I was, I mean, I remember thinking that air down might be closer to the surface if they were underground. Yeah. And then what if, so what if the earth is like fertile, you know, like what if we're looking out windows at the end and maybe Bing's apartment is like on the surface mm-hmm. and everything else is underground. Powering his thing. Yeah. I mean, that kind of adds this whole level of, of craziness to this yeah. story, and which I actually really like. It still mean it still means that Bingham made this choice because he didn't yeah. even have compliance to like help sway him. Yeah. He made the choice to, to be a part of a system yeah well and that makes sense if the system is something that was chosen yeah it's like maybe maybe global warming gets to the point where the earth is going to die unless we remove our presence from the surface yeah. so we just let everything overgrow yeah and then go down below and that's how we have enough oxygen and then they've just synthesized everything else i mean that adds this whole other level to this story that's it really sure interesting because in my mind they were either underground or on a spaceship somewhere and everything was fake and I that's why and that's why they had to live this way yeah. but what if they didn't have to and they chose to it really it really made me think really interesting yeah at least i think that's what charlie is implying here um, yeah there's no real reason everyone had to live the way they do but that they chose to wow Everyone's so caught up in the virtual world that they ignore the real. And that, yeah, so that's another side of it is like maybe this formed because people were so obsessed with their phones and things yeah, that they and stopped caring about yeah. the world outside. Yeah. Although I don't find that to be the case personally. Like I spend a lot of time on gadgets Same. and, you know, playing Breath of the Wild. and Same. <laughs> and, I, and on my phone, like watching YouTube and, you know, I go from one screen to another through the house throughout the day. <laughs> Uh, depending on what I'm doing. Like, even when I'm working, I'm uh, like if I'm editing or whatever, or even back when I was leasing, all yeah. of that was done on computers. My whole day job is, is still on a computer. Like I yeah, look totally. at screens just about 24 seven unless totally. I'm asleep. Yeah. So like having some time to get out and walk miles or, you know, do anything outside, go for a bike ride or, or whatever is always kind of <sighs> sacred and time like, I that wish, I try to force myself to take. I wish that could happen more in the Northwest. Like I wish... If we and I know it's terrible because they're like on fire right now, but if we were in California, like it would still be good weather to get out and do things. Hmm. I'm not trying to be out in nobody's rain and like. Yeah, that's funny because I grew up in San Diego and I go out more here. That's so weird because it was too hot for me in San Diego. I like would, I, I'd rather go out in the rain than go out in oppressive heat. I will tell you what, when I went to L.A. for New Year's two years ago. I say New Year's. I know that it's only one. But um, to ring in the new year, I was able to go out and like, and I don't even do this here in Washington State. I went out, like I put, I packed my good exercise clothes and I went hiking like every morning because it was so beautiful and so warm. Yeah. And then it immediately chilled off because it was December. But, excuse me. I get it. Like there's so much screen time that you want to be able to take a break and like rest your eyes. And like, and even now, like even though I was perfectly content playing breath of the wild and maybe you'll send me back it'd be nice like i'm talking to you instead of looking at a screen right now that's right. kind of nice we're looking at half of each other's faces over pop filters <sighs> indeed instead of screens instead of screens yeah and whether or not it's better or worse that's a secret also pop filters are kind of a screen <laughs> they are <laughs> they are a windscreen they are a windscreen <laughs> 
Did Charlie say anything else? Uh, he did. So he just finished up by saying, if you're looking around for more <laughs> space news, my default source is stuff by Eric Berger at Ars Technica, um, which is arstechnica.com slash author slash Eric Berger. Besides his own articles, he also hosts the weekly Rocket Report, which is a crowdsourced report on the millions of things going on in the rocket industry. So that just sounded cool. That's a, a recommendation from Charlie. Awesome. Last Thank question. you for listening. Last Charlie. question about this this before I Go be- beam you home. I appreciate that. Do you think that this is Charlie is Charlie Brooker, the creator of Black Mirror? I hope. <laughs> I Maybe hope he's trying to tell us what Charlie, he meant. Charlie, by the end. if you are Charlie Brooker, we would like to know so many things. <laughs> Starting with, and not limited to, when the next season of Black Mirror comes out, because I'm sure that Jesse will be caught up by then. Do you want to make us your official recap podcast? Yeah, there you go. Thank you in advance. My we first question was going to be, why did no, the see? prime minister no, no, fuck no. a pig in the first episode? No, we're episode. not doing that. We're not going there. We don't okay. care. That's We don't care about that. We're not going to waste our genie wishes on this, okay? <laughs> we're setting ourselves up for success. So, Charlie, if this is you and you want us to, like, you know, do this for you, we can. We absolutely are available and willing to do that. Absolutely. And also, I just have so many questions about where the 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 ideas come from like it's fine it might not be charlie brooker but charlie you're an amazing listener we're so thankful for you absolutely tell your friends if you have other nerdy people who are into space nerds and not just not just black mirror um because you have doug space nine and firefly with jane oh look See, at you know what else is on the come podcast on. i know people i know people <laughs> i like pay attention to this i actually also subscribe and listen to it myself oh do you <laughs> I do. oh that's great anyway but tell your friends well, that's fantastic because we're here for everyone and like i never considered myself a sci-fi nerd until jesse told me that dystopian fiction often falls under science fiction and so like share it with people who may not even really be into it and then they might get into it there you go well said send me home damn it okay (laughs) in the future if people write in can i beam you over can you text me first i sure can thank you yeah sorry i forgot i I hate this this is terrible (laughs) All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Shit. I forgot to ask Alexandria to do the space news with me. Oh, my God. If I beam her back right now, she's going to kill me. So I'm going I'm going solo. Space news. All right, people. This is from BBC News. BBC, the most British of broadcasting companies. So you know that this is legit. Uh, this article is called We Can Build a Real Time Machine from BBC News. This is a little old. This is from July 2018. But hey, I didn't say that this was, you know, new news. It's just news. Here we go. Traveling in time might sound like a flight of fancy, but some physicists think it might really be possible. BBC Horizon looked at some of the most promising ideas for turning this staple of science fiction into reality. Ron Mallet has a dream. He wants to travel in time. This isn't mere fantasy. Mallet is a respected professor of physics. I think of myself as being an ordinary person with a passion, and my passion is the possibility of time travel, he says. So for me, it's playing Mario Maker. For this guy, it's figuring out time travel. That's cool. Professor Mallet has wanted to build a time machine for most of his life. His passion, he explains, can be traced to a tragic event early in his life. Ron's father, a heavy smoker, died of a heart attack at the age of 33 when Professor Mallet was just 10 years of age. Ron was devastated and withdrew into his books. A year after that, when I was 11, I came across the book that changed everything for me. That was The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. The University of Connecticut physicists told the BBC's Horizon program. 
Professor Mallet explains, If I could build a time machine, then I could go back into the past and see my father again and maybe save his life and change everything. And I don't want to minimize how tragic it is for this for this person to lose his father at a young age, but that is a brilliant plot for a sci-fi movie, is like this professor who uh, who lost his father at a young age to smoking and wants to go back to stop him from smoking so he invents a time machine. Like th- That's like movie-quality storytelling. And this is real. Uh, time travel may sound far-fetched, but scientists are already exploring several mysteries of nature that could one day see Ron's dream fulfilled. Albert Einstein thought the three dimensions of space were linked to time, which serves as a fourth dimension. He called this system space-time, and it's the model of the universe that we use today. But Einstein also thought it was possible to fold space-time, creating a shortcut between two distant locations. This phenomenon is called a wormhole, and it can be visualized as a tunnel with two openings, each emerging at different points in space-time. Wormholes might exist naturally in the cosmos. Indeed, scientists in Russia are trying to use radio telescopes to detect them. But using wormholes for time travel won't be straightforward. I just have to say... I think it's fascinating that we have this theory that wormholes might exist and then scientists devoting themselves to uh, trying to find them. And same with time travel. Like We have no idea if time travel is possible, but this scientist is devoting his life to trying to crack that mystery as to whether or not it's possible. But this type of stuff is is beyond me. Like I don't really understand the science of it, but the idea that these scientists are pursuing things that we don't even know if they're real um, just because... Some scientists suggest that they might be real. I think that's fascinating, and I'm for it. I, I'm I'm excited by it. Okay, anyway, continuing with this article, and if you want to read the full article, I will leave a link in the description. Wormholes exist at the more speculative end of physics, offering one approach to traveling in time, but Ron Mallet has another. He has drawn up plans for an actual time machine, and his concept was inspired by a book he read at age 12 about Albert Einstein's equations. When I was 12, I was reading Garfield. I was not reading Albert Einstein's equations. Professor Mallet has built a tabletop device that illustrates principles he thinks could be used to build a real working time machine. First, lasers are used to generate a circulating beam of light. Of course, it's lasers. The space inside this ring laser should become twisted, like stirring a cup of coffee, the University of Connecticut professor explains, as if stirring a cup of coffee with lasers makes any sense. Uh, But sure, because space and time are intimately connected, warping space should also warp time. Professor Mallet's theoretical work has shown that, given enough laser intensity and a small enough space, it should be possible to alter the normal linear timeline we all inhabit. If space is being twisted strongly enough, this linear timeline is going to be twisted into a loop. However, in order to make it work, the concept would require vast amounts of power and a way of shrinking everything to a microscopic scale. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure where that came from. Why are we shrinking things to a microscopic scale? Because now we have to solve time travel and the shrink ray. I don't know. Uh, But once we have a time machine, using it successfully will require a detailed understanding of time itself. The generally accepted view is that the universe is an unchanging block of space-time. This idea arises directly from Einstein's equations. And isn't that fascinating that one person's equations are, are... just making it kind of generally accepted that space-time exists in a block. Like, why do we think... I think that it's wormhole aliens. If you ask Doug, he's going to tell you it's wormhole aliens, and I think he knows what he's talking about. What's important about the model is the idea that the past, present, and future are all equally real, so you can think of everything that ever did exist, does exist, or will exist, as all somehow being out there in space-time. 
says Dr. Christy Miller, director of the Center for Time at the University of Sydney, Australia. The dinosaurs are all out there somewhere in the past doing dinosaur stuff. We're all here now, and all the future is out there somewhere in space-time, too. So this is, if, you, if you've watched Lost, this is kind of the, the time travel model that Lost presented, which was everything that happened, happened. If you travel back in time and change the past, it wasn't actually a change because you've always gone back in time and been in the past. So you can't possibly exist out of your own timeline, even if your timeline goes to the past, because then your present wouldn't exist. And then there's the other theory of time travel, which is that that you often see in movies, which is that uh, like parallel universes where you go back in time and you create a new reality that seems to either overwrite the reality that existed or maybe exists in parallel to the one that existed before. So there's all sorts of different theories out there. But this article, it's telling us that that all time exists in one block past, present, and future, it's all set, and we're just kind of experiencing it linearly. We are time travelers traveling from the past to the future in a straight line, but that past and future all exist at once. We just don't experience it that way because we have to perceive time linearly. Anyway, that's one That's one theory. <laughs> The article continues, this is good news for the budding time traveler because it suggests there is nothing to stop us from swapping where we are now for some other place in time. Although I disagree with that. I think <laughs> I think that one one scientist saying that he thinks that time exists in a block does not is not a straight line to assuming that we can jump to different places in that block. That seems like a leap to me, but but I, you know, I want time travel. Do I want time travel? I don't know. Maybe I don't. Especially considering the movies that we're going to talk about today. I mean, you know, time travel is a blessing and a curse. That's what I've learned. Um, let's see. The block model treats our everyday concept of time as an illusion, a way that humans rationalize reality. But Professor Lee Smolin from the Perimeter Institute in Waterloo, Canada disagrees. He believes that the passage of time is a real and fundamental phenomenon. Time travel is probably impossible, he says, if what's real is the present moment and the past is only real in the sense that there are memories and records of it in the present and the future is still to exist, there's nowhere to go. So yeah, this is a conflicting idea that uh, would just make time travel impossible. Once the, once the past has happened, it's gone and cannot be reaccessed because it no longer exists. So there's these differing views of how time works, one of which would make time travel possible and the other of which doesn't. But we're all just kind of grasping at straws here. Either way, fucking fascinating. Totally fascinating. His colleague, Professor Neil Turok, director of the Perimeter Institute, thinks the weird world of quantum physics could be crucial to answering this question. This area of physics emerges at very small scales, where the rules of classical physics we learnt about in our school textbooks break down. For example, in the quantum world, it might be possible for a particle to be in many places at once, or for Ant-Man to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and then larger and larger. I think it's clear to me that there is some probability of us going backward in time, he says. In quantum physics, nothing is impossible. Particles travel through walls. And there's an exclamation point. Professor Turok explains that time travel remains a distant hope because no one really has any plausible idea of how to go backwards in time right now. But he adds, one should never say never because some clever person will come along and tell you how to break the rule. So, Long story short, we have scientists trying to crack the riddle of time travel, either to prove that it's possible and make it happen or to prove that it's not possible by uh, understanding time better and saying that the past is gone. Either way, we don't know that much about time and how it works. And that's why science fiction is about time travel is so exciting to me because I love 
new and different ideas about how time works and how we fit into our own timelines. And that's the Space News! Space News! Alright, Space Nerds, I have a special treat for you. Uh, it's been a while since she's been on the show, but she she she's back on her phone. <laughs> I was putting on airplane mode. Oh, cool. Nice. So that it wouldn't disrupt us. Well... And look what happened. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, uh, my girlfriend, Andy Alhadif. Wait, why that noise? It was trying to... Okay, here's what happened. Halfway through, I realized it was going to be an air horn sound, and I didn't like that choice, so I kind of went down. Because I was going to be like, bah, 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 but okay. then it was like, no, I don't like that. So it was like... Bah, bah, bah. So it ended up kind of being a sort of a womp womp. I know. I'm introducing you, and you're womp womping yourself. I know it was. It's an interesting choice. It wasn't what I meant to do. Anyway, so since we're talking about time travel on the show this week, yes. I was actually just introduced to a time travel movie by my very own girlfriend, Ha-ha. which is really bizarre because <laughs> I I am always the one introducing Andy to the sci-fi. It's never the other way around. It's true, although I will say this movie is probably the least sci-fi time travel movie that exists. I think that's very true, but yeah. um, in, in one way... And then not true in another way. Mm. The way in which it is true is that the movie does not try to attach any science to the time travel whatsoever. No. But what is great about it is that the writing really seems to understand human behavior Mm -hmm. and how would humans react to going through the same moment in time many times. Mm. Like, how would one person react to having this ability to the time travel? Mm -hmm. And that, in a way, is very science fiction. Like, that what if and kind of playing out scenarios is so science fiction, even though there is no science involved whatsoever. But we're really burying the lead here. What is? Tell us what the movie is and what it's about. The movie is called About Time. (laughs) It is about time no it's uh well kind of um yeah so it's a movie about um a father who is kind of introducing his son to a family trait family secret (laughs) family secret that all the men in the family can travel through time yeah and the son is like 21 yeah 21 or something yeah he's He's a grown man, and his yeah. dad's like, his dad played by Bill Nighy. Yes, like, that's right. Oh, by the way, um, this is going to sound crazy, but yeah. we can actually travel through time. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. it's just like very nonchalant and kind of casual, casual, shy about it. But in a way that feels very realistic. Like, yeah. if you really were a time traveler and you were talking to your son about it, and he's like, now I know this is, this is bad, you know, but yeah. I just, um, yeah, so the thing is. The men in this family can travel through time. Yeah. <laughs> Just go in a closet and you squeeze your fists and you're in a different time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the only explanation you get. Yeah. So then like the son goes and thinks his dad is crazy. He goes yeah. and he tries it and yeah. he pops to a different moment in time. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to go into too much detail about what happens because I feel like this is a movie that I just want to recommend. Like, this is just us recommending yeah. a movie. And We're I, not, like, talking through it yes. like we would yes. normally. We don't want to spoil too much. Yeah. But I do think um, it's a good one for people that maybe are also, like, interested in time travel that idea in a film but haven't seen a lot of time travel films because it does feel like a very basic um premise but the way that the time travel is used 
I think is really brilliant. So it shows the possibilities behind it without getting too uh into something that might be confusing to someone who hasn't seen a lot of time travel films yeah that's so true and also i think it's a good one for people who have seen a lot of time travel films because like it surprised me yeah. i've seen a lot of time travel stuff like yeah I'm, I'm knee deep in time travel most of the time uh-huh. uh but this was like a really interesting exploration of what what one could do with time travel and it's yeah. it's like what 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 would you want to do you know like this guy has mm-hmm. great sex he goes back in time and does it again yeah and it's like that type of stuff you wouldn't normally see in right. an action movie or like a back to the future movie right. it's like a you know like like what what would just an average guy do with time travel yeah and i think another thing i love and again without trying trying not to give too much away but at the end of the film, the takeaway is actually something this character learns through time travel, but one does not need to be able to do time travel to achieve this perspective on life. Yeah. And I think that's kind of brilliant. And I yeah. love a movie where you can take something with you that you can actually apply to your own life. <laughs> oh my God, our dog is just Miles hacking is over here. We out. don't even sleep through the night anymore. He's... Stop blaming Miles, Jesse. We know it's you. <laughs> that's just the noise my butt makes <laughs> oh no yeah my butt's just hacking yeah, there's like a couple wow. small hacks and then the big one that's the big it. one's coming that is what he does though yeah i mean not your butt but miles <laughs> that's how you talk about my butt <laughs> yeah. that's what he does he's I don't know why I went Irish, um, because we were watching Outlander. Okay, another time travel show. Holy shit. Outlander. We just watched the first two episodes of this. Yeah. Another show that is not a science fiction show, Mm. but includes this science fiction element of time travel. You're right. And it's also, something about about time is that it's a romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. And I think that science fiction and romantic comedies are like the perfect marriage. I love that combination. I love that combo. But it's pretty rare, actually. It is pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah. There's a movie with uh, Gary Shandling that is that and it's great. What's it called? Um it has a name. <laughs> um wait, pause, look it up. Hold on. Okay, we're back. Uh the movie it's from the year 2000. It's called uh. What Planet Are You From? From the year 2000. That's a Conan O'Brien reference. It's fine. Never mind. Um <laughs> chance that was it <laughs> there was no recognition on your face yeah. uh this this movie called what planet from you what planet are you from i haven't seen this in a really long time but the uh description here a human looking alien from a highly advanced but emotionless all-male society is sent to earth to impregnate a woman and bring the child back to their planet wow that sounds horrible uh the alien ends up falling in love there blah 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 okay i want to rewatch this movie now we should i remember we should, loving it we but- should do it and then chat about it on a yeah we could do that episode absolutely that's more space nerdy because it's got aliens yeah right um well speaking of which actually one of the very first movies you showed me and i think we may have reviewed on the podcast was what i don't know about rom-com but it was very romantic and sci-fi and it was like a guy who took over the body of a dead guy and his wife was there a guy who took over the body of a dead guy. Or he like and his wife. Maybe was he there. didn't take over the dead guy's body, but he turned into the dead guy. He looked like the guy that died. Okay. And his wife fell in love with the alien that looks like him. This sounds like they're at a truck stop and 
Oh my God! Yes, uh, the John Carpenter movie, like Star Child or yes, yes, wait, Star Chaser, Starman, Starman, Starman. Yeah, that's a great yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, I did the podcast about that with uh, Ryan Casey oh. way back on this podcast. So then feed. we didn't do one about it, but or maybe you came on. I don't remember. I don't know. But I don't know. We I, watched it together. Yeah, we did. It was for a John Carpenter podcast, and that's another like romance and sci-fi combo. Yeah. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. It's like Margot Kidder, I think, was the woman in that. And uh, Jeff Bridges, maybe? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's like a pretty played out trope. I mean, <laughs> My Stepmother is an Alien is the same thing. Oh, but Which I've also never seen. Yeah. And the, which we also did a podcast about with Sarah. Um, yeah, I love I love sci-fi romantic comedies. Yeah. And there's a handful. Yeah. Uh, and it's good stuff. Uh, but yeah, Outlander. Mm-hmm. Is is a sci-fi romance, right. but it's not really sci-fi, but it is time travel. Yeah. It's a time travel romance. Although I and wonder if it gets more sci-fi. Maybe. Could it's be. created by the guy who made Battlestar Galactica, Ronald D. Moore, who also worked a ton on Star Trek. Mm. Um, so that, I've always wanted to watch Outlander because of that. Yeah. And we've seen the first two episodes now and really, really loved it. it it's I, I, And I've heard that it just keeps getting better. I can't wait. Yeah, it's I'm not excited. not spacey at all, but... no. Uh, but yeah. really, int- it's like this woman from like the the nineteen fifties or something forties uh-huh. who finds herself in like old timey Ireland. What? <laughs> but what time period? Seven? Fifteen hundreds? Fourteen hundreds? Twelve hundreds? Definitely thirteen hundreds. Maybe sixteen hundreds? Eleven hundreds? I don't know. Like when there's like <laughs> castles and. And well, no, but there was the the British were there. It doesn't matter. Outlander's a great Red show. Redcoats, that's... Um... Redcoats, yeah. The British. The things about Brit- Britain. I don't know. You should know more about European history, but I don't. Me too. That's that's okay. Well, we can improve that. Yeah. But, um, okay, so we recommend people watch <laughs> About Time. Yes. And we recommend that people check out Outlander, even though we've only seen two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're here to do right now. And we did it. That's mission accomplished. Anything else you'd like to add while you're here, Andy? Do you have a message for the space nerds? Space nerds? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lauren Dupree, welcome to Space Nerds. Thank you. Are you excited? I am. I'm glad to be here. So Lauren and I have actually podcasted together before. Um, but no one else has heard that yet. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm starting another podcast called Major Pain about living with chronic health conditions, and Lauren was the first person I interviewed for that. Yes. And it was very exciting. It was. <laughs> and we had so much fun that at the end of that day, I'm like, you know what? You should come on my sci-fi podcast. What is what is some sci-fi that you're into? And then you brought up this movie, See You Yesterday, on yes. Netflix. So... And I, so I watched it and I loved it. And here we are. Let's talk about it. See you yesterday. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So how did this movie come up on your radar? Um, I probably spend way too much time on Netflix, (laughs) (laughs) but I get like the emails when they put new stuff up. And I think it was like one of the suggested, suggested uh, movies for me. Mm -hmm. And immediately I was drawn to it because one Spike Lee directed it. I believe he, he produced, or he produced it, it. it. Right. Yeah, yeah, Spike yeah. Lee was involved. So I saw Spike Lee's name. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, what's this? And then also, um, you know, it's like black kids in New York doing science stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you don't, that's normally not, 
you know, what we see right. when when you see black kids portrayed in the media or in television series, movies or whatever. And then also just the whole premise of the movie, um, you know, this young girl's brother is uh, shot and killed by the police and she figures out how to travel through time so she can save her brother. And yeah. I was like, it's it's relevant, but it's also sci-fi. And just everything about it was like, yes, I have to watch this. Yeah. 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 I really, I, I was shocked that I hadn't heard of it when you brought it up to me. And I was a little mad at Netflix for not <laughs> recommending it to me because I, I watched like mostly science fiction and uh, admittedly a lot of the great British bake off <laughs> on Netflix. But I'm like, why didn't you recommend this to me? This is right up my alley. Um, yeah, so it's a time travel movie where these two genius kids invent time machines that fit in their backpacks, <laughs> which I love. Um, and then uh, right after they successfully jump through time for the first time, as you said, the main character, CJ, her brother, Calvin, is shot and killed by the police. And then uh, she and her friend, Sebastian, who invented these time travel machines, start jumping back in time, trying to prevent his death and and keep running into problems. Yep. Um and it's a really heavy movie. And like the first half hour is this like lighthearted time travel romp. And then the the rest of the movie is just, you know, how many times can we watch these characters who we love get shot and yeah. killed? And it gets yeah. really hard to watch. But I feel like in a, in a way where I would recommend that everyone watch it, you know, yeah. Not, like hard to watch in the way that something like Schindler's List is hard to watch, but you should still watch it. Not hard to watch in the way that like... What's a good example? Like Trading Mom, my least favorite movie. It was hard to watch. <laughs> Did you ever see that? No. Don't watch it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So how? Okay. So you watched the movie. How did you feel about it? How did you respond to it? Um. Well, I think. Oh, I have to think back. I should have watched it yesterday <laughs> to remind myself. <laughs> but no, I think like. I mean, like you said, it was hard to watch, and I think. The thing that stuck with me was CJ's determination yeah. to change the outcome of her brother passing away. And I think it's really like a testament to what black people have to go through daily mm -hmm. in this world. And just like we have so much fight in us and like seeing that in her at the end of the movie like at first i was like wait that's the end like there's no definitive ending oh my god i but, know right yeah but then after i thought about it i was like no i like that because it, it just shows like she will stop at nothing to yeah. save her brother so i didn't like that at first but now i love that ending <laughs> yeah so let's get into some spoilery territory here because yeah. i i really struggled with the ending on the first viewing and i actually just rewatched it this morning just to brush up so i'm fresh <laughs> um but yeah it ends with uh, like the the basics of the movie it seems like time is gonna kill someone you know and if she tries to change that then instead of her brother dying it's her best friend sebastian who gets killed yeah and it kind of goes back and forth between which of them is gonna die during this movie um to the point where it seems like calvin in one of these uh, timelines realizes that and sacrifices himself so Sebastian won't be killed and it's really powerful like that's really right towards the end of the movie um, and that feels like such an ending like we can't fuck with time yeah. you know and like sometimes tragedy can't be avoided and the inevitability of tragedy is just going to be part of our lives and we can't like the more you fight against that the more tragedy you're going to bring to your life but then she jumps back again and we don't get to see what happens next yeah so it leaves it very open-ended to 
like what what's going to happen? Will she ever save her brother? We just don't know. Yeah. And it's kind of infuriating. Uh, but at the same time, you're right. It's like that determina- her determination is what you're left with yeah. at the end. And also the open-endedness of can determination avoid tragedy? And we don't know. And mm-hmm. that's kind of powerful too. So yeah. watching it, you're right. Watching it again, I did, it did sit better. It sat much better than the first time. And I, I was actually worried to rewatch it because I'm like, it was such a heavy experience. Like, I didn't know if I wanted to put myself through it again. Yeah. But rewatching, I'm like, man, this is a good movie. Like the detail, the yeah. the casting, the performances, the music, the atmosphere, the humor, um, the incredible cameo from Michael fucking J. Oh Fox. Oh my gosh, I was so excited. <laughs> I squealed. He's their science teacher in the beginning of the uh. movie. That I mean, just just the Michael J. Fox cameo alone is reason enough to watch this movie for any fans of time travel, right. Back to the Future, whatever. Um, but he actually utters the words "time travel." Great Scott! He actually <laughs> says that under his breath, and it killed me because this movie obviously has some Back to the Future DNA. Oh yeah. Are you a Back to the Future fan? Yes, definitely. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched those two. Although I feel like they play the first one. What is it on like TNT or something? I feel like it's on every week. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely a Back to the Future fan. Yeah, I I read an article months ago about this movie right after I watched it the first time where the director definitely said, you know, Back to the Future, huge influence. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, but, you know, I like you said, you know, we don't usually see um, genius black children portrayed right. like this, especially in a movie like Back to the Future, you know? Right. <laughs> they basically kind of made their own Back to the Future, but made it relevant to now and relevant to, relevant to the people creating the movie and... And I think rele- relevant to a wider audience because, you know, someone like me who isn't black can get a sense of the the terror that that people must feel knowing that police might shoot them at any moment. Right. Like that's that's fucking heavy. Yeah. You know, as as Marty McFly say would say, it's fucking heavy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like there is a there's a lot of value in anyone watching this movie. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Um also, what weren't they? Didn't they build the time machine for like a scholarship or an? Yes. What was it for? Yeah, they were trying to get into this uh, um, science fair to win a scholarship to go to college. Yeah, and which I loved. I love that too. Yeah, like, like these kids are so brilliant that they they unraveled the mysteries of this time space continuum so that they could go to college. Right. Like I don't, I don't even think you guys need college. Now. Right. Totally. But, but I did love that like that was so they yeah, they built the time machine before her brother was shot. Right. Um, and then when he was shot, it was like, okay, now we have we like we have to use this to save my brother. Right. But um another thing that I loved about the way that those two characters were portrayed, uh uh CJ and her best friend Sebastian. Sebastian right. Yeah. Um I love that they weren't like they didn't make them for lack of better terms, like super nerdy or like mm-hmm. weird or mm-hmm. like different from everyone else. Like they were very much, you know, in their community, in their very black community and had very black influences in their lives. But they were also these brilliant kids. It wasn't like, I guess what I'm trying to say is the duality of those two uh, aspects of their lives. They didn't like polarize each other. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Like yeah. they were... They were a unit between the two of them. Yeah. But they were also like 
very much a part of their community. Yeah. And like cool people yeah. that other people wanted to hang out with. Yeah. And also, just, but but kind of so brilliant that they didn't care yeah, and just wanted to yes. do their own thing. Yes. And I love that. Like they have their own little side hustle where they're like fixing people's computers. Right. To, I forgot about that too. Which is so good. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. Like, and they kind of play it as if they're doing something nefarious, but they're just like fixing computers yeah. and, you know, putting in 16 gigabytes of that DDR3 RAM. <laughs> But I thought like that really stuck out to me because I feel like sometimes um, when black people are portrayed as like very smart or like into sci-fi or if if there's anything about them that makes them other than what's a typical portrayal of what a black person is, then they they make that the center of that person's identity and kind of it's it's. I I feel like I'm having trouble finding the words (laughs) saying what I want to say, but I. I guess what I'm trying to say is that they were unapologetically black, but mm. they were also brilliant. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like one or the other. Yeah. And I think that that's, we need to see more of that in TV shows and in movies because black people are so dynamic. Like none of us are the same, but we're, we also have this like culture that brings us together. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and that really came through in the movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, so many wonderful touches in this movie. Like, the the scenes where they're just playing music and kind of showing you the neighborhood and yeah. um, kind of giving you a sense of where these two kids live. It's all so textured and, yeah. and rich. And I really love that stuff. Um, and this also, it felt like an 80s movie in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like, this felt like pinnacle 80s sci-fi. Yeah. Where they take, like, half an hour to kind of build up the mm-hmm. story. Like, nothing happens in the first half hour of almost any sci-fi movies from the, the 80s. There's, like, something really interesting that catches your eye in the very beginning. But then you have to, you know, like, Jurassic Park is a... Well, I guess that's 90s. But it's a good <laughs> example where there's, like, this horrific mauling in the very first moments. But then it takes half an hour to get back to the island and yeah. have the interesting crazy shit go down. I, I like that. I like that slow build towards, um, you know, chaos erupting. But where this movie differs is that once the chaos erupts, it's fucking heavy for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, which feels much more modern, you know? Like, you wouldn't challenge an audience in the 80s to oh, no. to have to grapple with real-world issues while you're watching a sci-fi movie. You know, you usually do it through a little bit more allegory, and this one just kind of puts you through it something real and horrible multiple times yeah which is which is hard yeah. but hard but necessary which i'll probably keep saying throughout this whole <laughs> yeah. discussion yeah uh i agree that that first 30 minutes nothing really happens but at the same time it gives you the backdrop of who these people are right. and like their identities their community what their day-to-day life is which i think is important yeah when things you know take a turn for the worse because you you understand why these characters are motivated to do the things that they do. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes everything make more sense. I think that's a lost art in filmmaking. Oh, I feel yeah. like that's crucial to making a good movie is kind of give you the backdrop, give you a sense of character, spend some time getting to know who these people are. Yeah. Like that's... those. You, oftentimes the first 30 minutes of a movie is my favorite part. Like yeah. before the shit hits the fan. And this is something that I feel like, you know, modern day movies just ignore where we just start with action and then continue with action. Yeah. And then there's more action after that. Yeah. And you can make a good movie that way. But I, I personally connect more to the movies where the characters are really rich and, and detailed in the beginning and you get to spend some time hanging out with them before they, before something cosmic happens. 
Like, uh, um, what's it called? Is it, uh, oh, what's that movie called? The Last Starfighter or something? Is that what it's called? The one where there's like the video game that the kid is really good at. And then because he beats the game, aliens come and need his help. And it was all a test. Oh, that's a great movie, but haven't seen it. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can watch a lot of these movies and have no idea that something out of this world is going to happen for like a good 30 minutes. Yeah. Although in this one, they do like show their time travel test right away, but it fails. Yeah. Like right in the beginning. Yeah. But it kind of sets up the idea that they're going to be traveling through time. And then the first time jump um they can at first they can only go back a day mm-hmm. because that's all the power they have and they go back and they um <laughs> the one thing they do is cj like throws a slushy at her ex-boyfriend oh, yeah. and his new girlfriend <laughs> just to fuck with them yeah and sebastian's like you can't do that you can't like fuck with the timeline and in so doing her ex-boyfriend accidentally gets hit by a car right. and like breaks his arm yeah so even just going back one day and just kind of being a kid for a second with this gigantic power that CJ has, she causes someone else pain inadvertently. Yeah. And it's kind of pretty intense foreshadowing for what's to come. Oh, yeah. Like, if you fuck with time, it's going to fuck with you. Um, which I like. Yeah. I like that. I like that as a premise. Well, how do you feel about that? Like, if you fuck with time? Well, yeah, I think it... Well, first, it immediately reminded me of... Uh, Back to the Future, sure. <laughs> where yeah. like you know when they go back in time and they have to avoid like their selves from the future in the past again yeah. and all that, just all of that. But I think it's true. Like you know, I I believe that everything happens for a reason, mm. and when things happen, you can either like if it's a bad thing or you know a difficult thing that you go through, you can either mope about it or take a lesson from it and learn from it and go fr- grow from it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do like the premise of, yeah, you can't, you can't mess with time because it's in the past and it already happened. And so it's like, they have this machine, you know, where they can travel back to the future, but it's like, there's such a um, responsibility yeah. in having it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's frustrating that CJ doesn't seem to, carry the weight of that responsibility yeah but sebastian well, does yeah i actually kind of thought now that i think about it i thought it was kind of strange that she didn't carry that yeah. because it's like she's so brilliant yeah. but she did something so reckless yeah <laughs> which i guess you know just shows like the duality of her character yeah you know it worked for me because they're so young i yeah. think that if these were older characters it would be problematic. Like I'm watching the flash right now and he keeps making these stupid decisions with time travel. I'm like, Barry Allen, sit your ass down. Like this is not the right thing to do. Yeah. But with CJ, it's like, yeah, she's a, she's, you know, <laughs> like a teenager. Yeah. She's brilliant way beyond her years. Oh yeah. So much so that she doesn't even know what to do with herself. Yeah. And she just fucking invented time travel. <laughs> so of course she's going to throw a slushy on her <laughs> asshole ex-boyfriend like that. It worked. It did work for me. Yeah. I think that some people might, rub up against the fact that these two kids are like so brilliant that they can solve all these problems. I That didn't bother me in the slightest because yeah. it's fucking science fiction. And like, you just accept that because that's what this movie's about. And there's like brilliant kids all over the world. You hear about right. like these kids who have like million dollar businesses and they're 12 years old or like kids who have invented new things all the time. Like sure. it's, it's possible, you know, in, yeah. in my mind. Yeah. I went with it yeah. for sure. Have you heard of Joseph Saley? He's, I'm sure you haven't. Maybe. He's the 16-year-old who started playing uh, N- like Nintendo Entertainment System, NES Tetris, the first Tetris, uh-huh. uh, a year before the 2018 
Tetris World Championships and came in there and won oh my against someone who has won that tournament like eight times. Wow. So like this prodigy yeah. who... Um, but the thing is, is that he learned how to play Tetris by studying what the the pros did. Yeah. So he doesn't have to go through, you know, two decades of trying to figure out how to... Uh, control the DAS and Tetris, which is fascinating, which I won't go into because it's not the podcast. Because um, that, that original Tetris has like all these peculiarities. So yeah. he he's able to learn from people who've done it before and come in there and have like faster reflexes and a mind that is just kind of naturally uh, predetermined to be good at Tetris and fucking win against the best players in the world. And that is real. Like, that actually happened. So yeah. this isn't that much of a stretch to me. Right. And of course, like, time travel doesn't exist as far as we know in our current daily life. But to tell a story about children um, or teenagers cracking that code, I think was uh, actually the best way to go. Yeah. I think it, it almost made more sense to me in the context yeah. of this story. And even, like, even just, like, where the world is today, it's like, teenagers and kids they are the ones who are more technologically advanced than adults because they've grown up with technology i feel like with me i know life before all of this crazy technology but also like i've i've seen new things be developed as i've gotten older but like kids now it's like they grew up with cell phones in their hands when they were like three years old and you know they have youtube pages with like millions of subscribers because they've had a youtube since they were seven (laughs) you know so yeah i like you said it makes sense to me yeah so i i could imagine people complaining about that but to those people i'd say chill the fuck out watch the movie it's (laughs) a great movie Okay, so they go back the first time, just cause a little mischief, and then almost right after that in the movie is when Calvin is shot. And it's so fucking frustrating because there's two there's two guys robbing a store, mm-hmm. and they run past Calvin and his friend, and the police come around the corner, don't see the two guys who ran away, see the two dudes who are just like sauntering down the, right. the street and Walking. assume that it's the same two people just because they're all black. Yeah. And it really, it really fucking pissed me off. And then they kill him, you know, they because he's pulling it something out of his pocket, probably a cell phone. Uh, like later on in the movie, we do see that it's a cell phone, but it's a different timeline, so who knows? Yeah. Um, and like just shoot him. And this, you know, this is a part of the movie that is not really fiction. Like this is real. Yeah. This is what happens. I mean, wh- just like a week ago, uh, a woman was shot in her Jay own Jefferson. home, and I I couldn't yeah. even I couldn't even read that story. I was so upset, you know. I yeah honestly I still I've seen people post about it and I've read what people have posted but I have not been able to actually open an article and read it because it's so <laughs> infuriating. Yes. And just like I, like I literally don't even have the words because it's like this woman got shot in her house yes. playing video games with her nephew. That's it's it's like ugh. Like that that's our country, yeah. you know? Like we live in a it's almost like we're living in a police state. It's like, it's definitely a police state. If you're uh, a part of, you know, a huge swath of our community who is not white, Yeah. you know? And if you're white, you get, you, you don't get treated that way. And I think that if you're not angry about that as a white person, then like get angry because right. you should be. Yeah. Cause ev- everyone else is having to deal with this. And you know, we, we have to like, it's fucked up. It just makes me so mad. Um, ha- this is, gonna seem off topic but i'm gonna bring it back okay have you seen um 
there's like a Chelsea Handler special on Netflix and it's like Chelsea Handler like white privilege I forget what it's called but she examines white privilege okay I haven't seen it okay she interviews um white people black people um and there are these like women that she interviewed. It was like a whole bunch of like white Republican women. And it starts off with one of them saying like, oh, I almost wanted to say no to doing this just because, you know, the way that whenever I uh, share my views or if I say that I'm Republican, people have like this idea of me off off the bat or whatever. And so as they go through the interview, she's basically asking them, like, do you think white privilege exists? Mm-hmm. And basically, like some of the stuff that these women said was just like, you know, I think one of them said, I don't think white privilege exists, but there's disprivilege. It's like, oh, my. And basically, they were just saying their main thing is like, I don't see it. And it's like, well, of course, you don't see it in your life because you are a white Republican woman. Like, you're not going to see it in your life. You have to put yourself in someone else's shoes. You have to see the world through a set of different eyes. Absolutely. And I feel like that's often what you hear when when the subject of white privilege comes up or when people say like, oh, black lives matter. And then idiots say all lives matter. And it's like saying black lives matter does not say that other people's lives doesn't matter. It's just saying that right now, in the state of this country, it's clear that on the larger scale, black lives don't matter. So we have to say it loud so that people can hear us. And it's like, the I guess just the, it's not ignorance, but it's just this like unwillingness Mm -hmm. to see the world as what it is just baffles my mind. Yeah, I hear you a thousand percent. Yeah, it's... It's so frustrating. It's like, just, you're right. It's just like something's not happening in their life. So they think it's not happening. Right. And that's just small mindedness. Yeah. And that's why movies like See You Yesterday are fucking important because they show you a slice of life from someone else's perspective yeah. to try to give you an idea uh, for someone whose mind is closed You to say like, look, this is what's really happening. Right. Imagine if you had to walk around with this fear all the time that yeah. you could get shot for, for looking how you look. And, you know, that's not something that I've ever had to experience personally. And, you know, like watching this movie, it's so it's so upsetting to because I kind of put myself in that mindset of like, what if this was me? Um, and the only the only parallel I have is that I'm Jewish and I have gotten like hate speech and, you know, horrifying things directed at me from like game streaming, like people coming into my discord oh my and gosh. saying like really disturbing things about Jews and I have felt this fear before that someone would hurt me because I'm Jewish. Yeah. Um, and I have like had a couple panic attacks about that. And I think about that, like, what if that was, you know, all day, every day? Yeah. Like, what if I had to feel like that all the time? Because, you know, I may, I may look Jewish and, but I don't think that, you know, uh, like, I'm not going to walk into any room and feel like, you know, I wonder if there's like a Jew hater in this room, you know, yeah. whereas... I, I've talked to some people who are like friends of mine who are black who have felt that fear of like everywhere they go, you know, is there going to be someone who hates me here for the color of my skin? And like, we shouldn't have to live that way. No, no one should have to live that way. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm getting my thoughts. Together. <laughs> <laughs> I also like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say that like being Jewish is like a comparable experience to being black. I, they're oh, just no, completely, I, I completely, completely separate saying. experiences. Yeah. It's just like, I'm, you know, I think about things through my filter yeah. because I am me. Yeah. And I think trying to put yourself into another 
filter is really valuable. Yeah. You know? And then filtering yourself through other filters is really valuable also. Filtering yourself through other filters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> now you're filtering that sentence yeah. through your filter. <laughs> trying to decide if it makes sense. It might not. That's okay. It doesn't all have to make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, you're right. Like, I, I think... Definitely, that's why films like this are important. Films from from people of color. Um, I think, like, oftentimes... I think one thing that uh, I struggle with, especially as a performer, I think a lot of people think that, like, oh, well, we have people of color on the stage or we have people of color in front of the camera, so that's enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, right. it's not. Right. Because if it's a white person who wrote the story right. and who's directing it, it's from their point of view. They can't tell my story authentically because yes, totally. they're, like, they don't know my experience. So I think it's so important to have writers of color, directors of color, like, people in position positions of power people behind the table um which is a great thing about netflix because i you see all these stories that are you know produced and written by people who are quote unquote other yeah um so yeah totally it's it's so necessary and it show it just shows how powerful art is and how it is um a tool for change and for opening people's eyes yeah absolutely Oh my goodness, space nerds, we have a special treat. <laughs> Alexandria just walked in the door. I sure did. I smell like buffalo chicken, sorry. I'm oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Yeah, Alexandria's, uh, she doesn't live close, so she's here because she needed a place to, to work for a few minutes. Truth. And we're recording this podcast, so I made her come in the room and say hi. Hello, space nerds. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Um, it's, it's been a good day. Nice. Yes. Yeah. We're How talk- are y'all doing? We're good. We're, <laughs> we're talking great. about a movie that you haven't seen yet. I know. Yeah. You've told me about it like eight times. I know. I showed you the Can trailer. You me or should I like yeah, get, get in here. I showed you the trailer for this movie and... Your reaction was like, this looks too heavy. I don't think I can watch Ooh, it. It was real heavy. It, the trailer gave away a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, the trailer is real spoilery. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, But then I was like, I'm intrigued. So I still want to watch it. It's just yeah. on my list of things to do. I understand. Yeah. I still haven't seen um, the Aver Duvernay on... When They See Us? Because uh, I oh, just, that? I'm not ready. Oh, Jesse. Seen, have you heard that. about the Central Park Five? In the yes. late 80s, early 90s, they were sentenced to prison for the... Wrongfully sentenced to prison for the rape of a woman in Central Park. Okay. It's their I, I have... Okay. Oh, you told me about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And And yes... I just yeah. watched it. I just had the mental fortitude to oh, sit down yeah. and I'm like I'm I'm going to watch it, yeah. but I just I know myself yeah. <laughs> and I know I have to be like I have to be in the right space. Yeah. 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 yeah I that's how I felt about see you yesterday a little bit. Like I, I watched it again this morning and I've been debating for weeks whether or not I was going to watch it again before we did this podcast because I'm like, I have to be in the right headspace. I have to be like emotionally prepared to go through this journey again because it's it's a tough one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was nodding the whole time so it doesn't, so I'm going to vocally say yeah, yes so y'all can hear me nod. Right. Pick up your nodding. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. You could nod real hard and maybe. I could nod into the microphone. Yeah. You're just oh. like headbanging the microphone. In the <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, but to what Lauren was saying about having people back behind the scenes yeah, who are yeah, people yeah. of color, not just 
black actors? You said specifically black too, right? Are you? Why well, I I generalize it to people of color because I think it is important for all people of color. But of course, Absolutely. for our experience, black people. You right? Because <laughs> right, I was going to be like, amen and amen to that, especially in the theater world. It's hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To, oh yeah. To have like <laughs> if a period piece is done, all of a sudden everybody's hair looks away because I got stories because <laughs> seriously because like white wig masters just think oh black hair is this and they yeah. make these oh, sorry I no. keep reaching into the mic and I'm not going to headbutt it. you I Please promise do it. Go for but it. this is something you were telling me about wait tell us more because this this is something that I'd never even considered or heard about you before. know what we did talk about this yeah. during the Hunger Games oh you're right the lost podcast the, the that's R.I.P. Right. that's what happened we um we discuss how we do need because you can have um, black actors, but then if you have black creative or you have white creatives, they're gonna always just see what the black actors need to look like through their own lens. Yep. So if they only know that black people have coarse hair, every wig is going to look a hot mess. Not just because co- coarse hair can be done beautifully, but it's just gonna look a mess. I, speaking of which, um, so when I did. I won't say the show. Uh-huh. But when I did a show with an all-black cast and a white wig master, mm-hmm. um, everyone had this, like, loose, curly hair, which it was beautiful hair, but it was like, first of all, do you know the time period? And, like, it's not... It was almost like... Not to say that black people can't have loose, curly hair, because we can, mm-hmm. but a cast of, like... I, I'm going to throw out a number 15 people. We all have the same curl pattern. Mm -hmm, No, mm -hmm, no, mm -hmm. it's just not real. And then on the other end of, of that, also as a needing, you know, uh, black people in like the hair department and the makeup department, makeup, whenever I go on a job, I think I just stopped doing this. But when I do like film jobs, I bring my own makeup. I make sure that my hair is done because Mm -hmm. I know if I show up with just my hair, how it is, they're not going to know what to do or Mm -hmm. they're going to what they do is they kind of like touch it a few times ago. Okay. It's great. Yeah, it's yeah, good. You know, we don't know, like, because they don't want to be, like, offensive. I'm putting that in quotes. But they don't know what to do. And so no, they just kind of, like, touch it and go, like, well, then we just gonna let it be, like, my thing is, I have, my hair is actual, my hair is natural, but I wear it straight often, especially when I go on anybody's set. Because if I wear it straight, then that means you can figure out something to do with it. And then I, but I don't want nobody messing in my curl patterns. Right. I just don't, I just don't trust that. Right. Um, and as far as makeup is concerned, we always just come with it done. Yeah. And also, I wonder if you have an opinion about this, Lauren, because I've always thought too, in certain period pieces, weren't black people assimilating to a certain culture? So we would have pressed hair yeah straighter hair than like because i think what happens is if we if we put a show in the late 70s early 80s you're going to just see a bunch of afros but i'm like but when i was a kid my mama straightened my hair to assimilate me into culture right like so i always wonder like what any other black person feels about having different curl patterns or straight hair as a wig i think i mean i think it just depends on like there's just so many factors. It depends on the time period where the show is set. Um, but I, I agree, like, in certain pieces, like, yes, your hair would be straightened um, because that's what black people did then. Um, and, like, yeah, the whole natural hair movement is relatively Very new. Very recent. Yeah. So um, 
I agree. Can you believe I, that? <laughs> That's what I was saying when, when the Lost podcast is like, we're just now getting permission to wear our hair yeah. as it comes out of our scalps. Yeah. This was like all news to me. I'd never, I'd never, because like if something doesn't like happen in your life or like you've never heard of it, then you, you know, you just don't know it. Yeah. But I had no idea that like there's this whole thing of like black women not getting job interviews because they're wearing their hair naturally. Oh, this yeah. is something we talked about. Uh, Alexandria on that Lost podcast, like, mm-hmm. and I just another thing that just made me fucking pissed off. Like, why, why? Well, California just passed that bill saying that yep. you cannot discriminate against people because of and their New hair. York too. Yeah. New York is yeah. on the list now too. Yeah, yeah, and like, I'm so now. grateful that those laws are now existing. But the fact that we need them exactly. is like so upsetting. It's so upsetting. It's absurd. Like the layers of discrimination in our society are so deep mm. and so widespread and. And like that, that white Republican woman who doesn't see it that you, that Lauren right. was talking about. Right. It's like it's because it's not a part of your day to day life. Right. But like, talk to someone whose whose life it is a part of. Right. And you'll learn something. Step and, outside of your circle. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Exp- expand your horizons a little right. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give them a little shake up, shake up. Hey, Space yeah. Surge. I'll see y'all for episode three of. Black Mirror and a couple Space News is on there, so yeah. Ooh, I I'm late on Black. I have not watched the new season. Oh. That's uh, another I'm... one where I'm like, I just I have to be in the right place. To oh my watch god, totally. It. Yeah, I'm watching it for the first time, and we've been like covering oh, it on the podcast, like from season one. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we just. Oh, you're in for a ride. Oh man, we just recorded <laughs> the uh, 15 million merits episode. Which one is Daniel that? Kaluuya? The bikes, bikes, and then oh, the, the American yeah. Idol style yeah, show. That yeah. astonished me. I fucking loved it. And the other one we recorded was the the Prime Minister fucking a pig, oh which my gosh. I did not enjoy. But how about that being the first episode? Of I know it's Tyson? so weird. I like watched it. I was like, what the hell am I watching? Okay, let me look at the next episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally. Luckily, the second episode is one of the best things I've ever seen. Otherwise, like. I mean, you know, I'd already seen a couple episodes before then, but I probably would have bailed on Black Mirror yeah. if I'd just seen that pig fucker episode. I mean, understandable. Yeah. I think what you haven't gotten here yet. I'm not going to give away anything. Can I what? say what the episode is? Wait, what are you talking about? The one. Okay, we're <laughs> going to have a quick aside. <laughs> Oh, I've oh, seen that one. That one. No, oh, that's yeah, one of the yeah, other yeah. ones I've seen. Okay, yeah, great, with, great. With Bryce <laughs> Dallas Howard. Yes. I think oh, yeah, brilliant. So that good. Is, I I have to like remember what all the episodes are, but that is my favorite or one of my favorite episodes. I've said I've talked about what my favorite is, but I'm not telling him what it is yet until he gets there, because and I'll tell you off. Great, great. But uh, my my favorite hands down is coming up. Actually, he'll be seeing it pretty soon. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm pumped. I mean, I'm like (laughs) they're whispering to each other. Oh. What's happening over here? I'm just going to talk so I can't hear what they're saying. And also, my dog Miles is coughing, and I accidentally just smacked my hand into my keyboard, but it's all good. They're, they're talking. They're excited. We'll talk about it later. Okay. They're, they're going to talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> I, I was trying to like read her yeah, lips. Got it, but we're going to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm tell you, but it's my favorite, Great. hands down. Yeah. Long story short, Black Mirror is a good show. It is. Yes. And everyone should watch it and then listen to our podcast about it. <laughs> All right, Alexandria, thank you for saying hello. Oh, it's my pleasure. Always always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye, girl. <laughs> we're going to keep, keep, keep talking about this movie you haven't seen. So I'm going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Okay, so see you yesterday. <laughs> right. Oh, wow, we went on 
a big tangent. <laughs> I know. I love tangents. Um, so the last time jump that they make, well, actually before that, um, she has to convince Calvin to help her save Sebastian in the, like the present day. Like she comes, she accidentally goes back and Sebastian gets killed. Right. And then she comes back to the present. CJ comes back to the present and then enlists Calvin's help and has to convince him that she's time traveled and he finds this program from his own funeral right. from an alternate timeline. Right. And then they enlist the help of, uh, Sebastian's friend, whose name I don't remember. Um, oh, wait, guy I have ha- IMDb up. Nice. <laughs> Hold on. The guy who has the big crush on, on CJ. On CJ, yeah. yeah. Who's actually, like, smart, too. Yeah. Just kind of, you know, a doofus. Yeah. Um, Eduardo. Eduardo. I yes. love that character. And he Me was too. building, like, quantum circuit boards and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was super fun. I, I really enjoyed his performance because he's, like, too... He's like too aggressively trying to be cool, you yes. know, in front of CJ <laughs> all the time, and I, he just like, but kind of a, like such a sweetheart, and you can tell he's like a really nice kid yeah, underneath it all, for sure. Um, so yeah, oh my poor dog is coughing. I'm sorry oh. for the gross coughing noises, everybody. <laughs> he's 16 and he's got a bad cough, and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> um, so then, so my I, one of the most touching moments in the movie that I mentioned before is when like she goes back and they're trying to save. Sebastian and Calvin and Calvin is looking at this program that that is his funeral and it changes to Sebastian's kind of like all a uh, back to the future where the picture changes right when, um and that's the moment where he realizes that it's kind of him or Sebastian yeah and then he stands up and reaches for his phone to pull it out of his pocket um knowing that the police will shoot him instead yeah uh and his performance is so good yeah uh Astro right yeah <laughs> he's like goes by astro or stro or his real name but he's a uh music artist um yeah and that that moment is so touching and then um she jumps back to the present and then he disappears from there as well like the the version of him that had been having a conversation with her before right. she went back and that to me is kind of like the the emotional um climax of the movie where things are just not not only are things just gonna be fucked but but calvin sees through that and knows that it's like he, that he can make a choice to save his friend, even if it means his own life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. How'd you feel about all that stuff? Um, well, first of all, I love the relationship between CJ and her brother or Calvin. Yeah. Um, just because he was very much like a protective older brother, but she was also like very independent and like smart on her own. But he, I don't know. I just it was like I I thought it was a great portrayal of like a loving brother and sister relationship. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, and when he makes that decision, it's like him being the older sibling mm-hmm. and looking yeah. out for his sister and her friend. You know, and I just thought that it was very touching and it was such a like the biggest sacrifice you can make for someone. Yeah. And for him to make that decision in the moment was so selfless. Um and yeah, like just touching. Yeah. It got me thinking about the fact that like some like this police gun violence is these police officers being more concerned with themselves than with the people they're sworn to protect. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like where th- not knowing if this kid is pulling a gun out of his pocket or not, like that guy's more worried about his own safety so he shoots him yeah. even though it's not a gun. Yeah. And it seems like that's a big part of this problem is like, you know, just this and the, why black lives matter is so important as a movement because you know people aren't valuing the lives of others and it doesn't 
it doesn't matter where you're from. We should all value each other's lives, you know, equally. Right. And it seems it seems like, well, it's been proven over and over again that people of color's lives are not being valued um, by by the police. Right. And it's even like you see videos of um, white people who have been arrested, who like they literally go berserk on the police. Mm -hmm. And within seconds of watching the video, you know, oh, if this was a black person, they'd be dead by now. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, so you do understand, you do know how to de-escalate a situation. You do know how to arrest someone without, you know, deadly force. But you just choose not Mm -hmm. to use that with black people because you're scared right. or you you don't value our lot whatever it is like it's it's just a clear distinction it's so yeah. clear um which is why it frustrates me when people say like well if maybe if they weren't angry with the police they'd still be here if they had just listened to what the police said and it's like okay but w- were they did they pull out a knife or a gun on the police like right. no you know they they know how to de-escalate situations, but they just choose not to. In absolutely, yeah. they're, they're trained to de-escalate situations, right? Right. And if enough, if police officer can't tell the difference between a cell phone and a gun, they should not be carrying a gun. Yeah. So fuck that. It's fucked up. Yeah. Ugh, it's so frustrating. It makes me so mad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I do. I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and your experience about all this. Yeah. Because, you know. Maybe someone's listening to this podcast who hasn't thought about these things in these terms before. Right. And, you know, if we can change one mind, that's good. And I, I think that the thing the thing that's the most damaging is the people who say, like, I'm sick of hearing about this. It's not even a real problem. <laughs> you wrote, that was the hardest eye roll I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and those are the minds. Those are the minds that I think can be changed. Yeah. Because those are the people that maybe haven't just thought through this. And yeah. and the totality of what it what it means. I think sometimes it's I, I guess from I can't speak for everyone's experience, but from what I've seen, it's almost like a fear to step out of your comfort zone to see the world through someone else's eyes. And it's like, well, this is how the world works in my mind. This is how it's always worked. And what I know is right. And it's like even even in little things, like I feel like sometimes um I see uh, white people post things on Facebook. Like, I haven't seen this for a while, but instead of, like, addressing an issue that, like, something has happened in the media, it's like, well, I'm tired of people attacking white people. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) my gosh. It's not about you. It is literally not about you. It's like where there's people in this world literally begging, like, see me as a human being. My life matters. Like, I I don't want to say begging, but, like, proclaiming. Yeah. And... You're making it about you. Right. It's like it's not about you. It's right. just not about you. And I think that that is hard. <laughs> that yeah. is hard for a lot of people to grasp. It's like me saying Black Lives Matter doesn't mean like it's it's just not about you. It's not about you. Right. And I think people just need to come to terms with that. I like, love it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's so true. You you've seen Doctor Strange, right? Uh Benedict Cumberbatch Marvel oh, movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I like got confused. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, you know, I thought of um, isn't that a movie, Doctor Strange Love? Oh, uh, Strange. Well, Strange Love is the web series that we were reading. Oh, right. The thing that I wrote, but there was also Doctor Strange Love is a movie. It's yes. like an old movie. Yes. Yeah. When you said Doctor Strange, I thought of that, and I was like, I think I've seen it. Anyways. Yeah. Not important. I, I have mentioned this so many times on the podcast how I'm trying to make this web series, and <laughs> Lauren's a part of it. I am. 
have. <laughs> and you can you can attest to the reality of it of the script existing. And it us does. Having, we read it together, and, and it's great. Well, thank you. I'm, that's me fishing for compliments. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that's yeah. So that's a real thing. I promise, and hopefully it'll be made someday. Um, but yeah, there's this moment in Doctor Strange where like his big message that he learns in that movie, he's this guy who's like a brilliant surgeon and, you know, he's had everything he ever wanted in his life. And then he gets in this car crash and his hands are crushed. And then he searches for this magic to to heal himself and become a magician and, you know, the Sorcerer Supreme. And the big turning moment in that movie for him is when he's told by the the wise one, uh, whatever her name was. Is it Tilda Swinton who plays that character? Yeah. Um, like the big message that he needs to get is that it's not about you. Yeah. You know, like all of this cosmic stuff that's happening around us that you're trying to tap into, it's not about you. You know, like you can, you can participate if you choose to, and you can be a part of saving the world if you choose to, but it's not about you. Right. You know, and that's such a valuable message. And I think like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a human being. I grew up, I uh, have a personality and, <laughs> Those, like, honestly, I think about this a lot, but having a personality is something that everyone almost has to craft for themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're influenced by your parents and your friends and the TV around you and all of this, these things. And I think, often, I, you know, people have social anxiety or discomfort, and I've had a ton of that in my life. And, um, and you're always confronted with these moments where it's like a choice to be who you want to be, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't necessarily think of it that way. But I believe that it is. Yeah. I believe that if there's something about yourself you don't like, that you can work towards changing it. And if you have natural tendencies, you can work towards um, leaning into the ones you like and suppressing the ones you don't. I'm mean, suppressing might be the wrong word, but, you know, acknowledging and choosing not to act upon the ones that you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that whole process of generating a personality over your whole lifetime is really fucking hard. I get that. And I think that having having anything, having yourself challenged can be so frustrating because yeah. you're like, you know what? I worked really hard on this personality. I worked really hard on these worldviews that I have and I feel really comfortable in them and I finally feel comfortable after not having felt comfortable my entire life. So I want to hold on to these views and I think it's really easy to get stuck in that and yeah. I would just encourage people that if, to, to constantly be examining yourself and if your views are um, hurting someone else or if your views are uh, discarding someone else or, you know, discarding the opinions or the, the worldview of someone else or the experience of someone else, then maybe that's harmful and maybe you should work on that. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm that. I do that for myself all the time. Like, I'm always questioning myself probably too much. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was probably the source of my last anxiety attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But man, I don't know. It's the world is so frustrating. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. And I I believe that it can be better. I want it to be better. Yeah. But I think it's I mean it's exactly what you were saying like I think it's a matter of being able it's a matter of people being able to examine themselves and work on themselves and like growth and change is freaking hard, but it's so important to be mm-hmm. the best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be. And it's 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 about, yeah, like you said, listening to other people, expanding your worldview and not being so closed minded and, and realizing that other people have different experiences than you and other people have experienced this world in a completely different way that you can never even imagine. So mm-hmm. do your best to put yourself in someone else's shoes and listen to someone that you've never listened to before. Right. And like internalize the fact that it isn't about you. That yes. like your life may be about you because that's your life, right? But everyone's life is about them, right? And if that's the case, then how can the world be 
yours. Right. It's not. Right. It's everyone's. Exactly. And your voice is no more or less important than everyone else's.、Um, but you can choose to say something that is important for more people than yourself, and you know, try to make change through that. And I don't know. I think about these things a lot. But yeah. yeah, I I I want to make the world a better place, and I don't know how. And I. I'm, well, I think this podcast is a start. I mean, like, <laughs> I hope so. I mean, like, honestly, like, you know, we're we're talking about a film, but again, like, the movie brings up so many real, relevant things that are happening in the world today. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I I started this podcast in the hopes that I could have conversations like this to make the world a better place, and、yeah. realize somewhere along the lines that the people who are listening to this, I'm probably are probably the people who agree with me. And then I'm probably not necessarily changing any minds, but who knows? I mean, if if I do, that's that's wonderful. Yeah.、Um, but even just having the conversation is really cathartic. It is and feels good. Yeah. And and I do hope that I am helping in some way, at the very least, not hurting in some way. Yeah. But you never know. I mean, I'm always open to. I'm always open to the possibility that you know the way that I say things or the way that I think about things could be harmful to someone out there in some way. And if that's true. Tell me, and I'll adjust. Right, and I think that's all that we can ask of anyone. Yeah,、um, it's the people who are unwilling to adjust that that are that are causing a lot of these problems. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what other sci-fi are you into? Are you like an?、Oh, are you a nerd? I don't、uh, know too much about what you. Yeah. What you like? Well, it's funny because I think when you when you asked me to be on this podcast, I was like, I don't think. I'm the right person to be on this, <laughs> but after I thought about it, I was like, "Well, I guess I am like into some sci-fi. Like, I'm totally 100 into all the Marvel movies. Yeah, I never like I was not a comic book kid ever, but I will say after watching the movies, um, I look up like fan theories and like <laughs> you know the history of the comic books, like especially after what was it Avengers, um. Infinity War. Infinity War.、Yeah. I was like, wait, no, I need a backs. I need more information, <laughs> like because right now I'm just pissed off. <laughs> right.、Um, so yeah, the Marvel movies,、um, Back to the Future.、Uh, I used to watch、uh, the Twilight Zone sometimes、oh, with、yeah. my parents. Like、nice. I'm not like if you were to ask me about an episode, I'd be like, I don't know, I didn't watch it that much, but I do enjoy the Twilight Zone.、Um, oh, what was this? There was this TV show. That my parents used to watch, and it was this guy, Quantum Leap. Oh my God,、ah! Scott Bakula! Yes, <laughs> yes, Quantum Leap. Yes. So I grew up watching that.、Um, what else? What else? What else? Does Harry Potter count? Sure. Yeah. Well, it does. I'm just curious in general. I mean, it doesn't have to be sci-fi.、Related. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, like, what? What are you nerdy for? What am I nerdy for? Ooh. Health related things. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a self serving.、Uh, I mean, yeah, we, we talked about health issues on the last podcast, so yeah, yeah. I definitely nerd out for stuff like that because I'm always trying to figure out like how can I feel better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you and I have, are we've talked about this off mic several times, and、yeah. then on that last podcast, how we like our health issues are completely different,、yeah. but. The way that they affect our lives are very similar. Yeah,、uh, and the way that we are treated by the outside world because of it is very similar. Yeah, which is so frustrating. But that's for another podcast.、Right. Major pain coming <laughs> soon, maybe. Um, yeah, I'm I'm collecting at least ten episodes, ten interviews before I release it, because I I don't know if I have 
the bandwidth to be putting out two podcasts at once. But I want to just do like a season dump of Major Pain. Yeah. Uh, so when that's ready, it'll come out. But I don't know when that will be someday. But look out for it. Yeah, look out for it. <laughs> um, I will say I am nerdy for sketch comedy. Oh, cool. I love sketch comedy and like lately i've been getting not i guess not lately but i've getting like i've been getting a little more into stand-up um really yeah like i didn't used to i feel like when i was younger i didn't really watch stand-up comedy like i've always loved to laugh but i don't know like watching stand-up wasn't i don't know what i did but now i've like when netflix specials come out i'm like hey maybe i'll watch this i'm more i'm more into this now and maybe one day down the line, I'll take a stab at it. Myself. Oh, you should! I want to see it. <laughs> but yeah, sketch comedy, I love. A whole bunch of my friends were really into sketch comedy and um, are doing or doing stand up. Not sketch. They're more into sketch comedy now. Or doing a lot of improv now. Okay. They all moved to L.A. Like this whole giant group of my friends moved to L.A. A lot of whom have been on this podcast in the past. Um, but yeah, they used to all do stand up, and I used to go see them do open mics at Scratch Deli and stuff like that and made a bunch of friends in the stand-up scene. Oh, nice. Which is like a really bizarre, like, social circle here yeah. in Seattle. I mean, most of these people have moved away, but, I mean, very, like, insular community. Yeah. Like, this interesting way in which they all kind of put themselves through the same trauma of bombing, <laughs> you know, like, getting up and bombing. They all kind of come together over over that but then there was all sorts of like people sleeping with each other and then getting mad at each other and oh like gosh. a lot Sounds of that like sort of stuff going theater. on too <laughs> yeah i'm sure yeah any any community like that is probably right. similar um yeah so if you ever do stand up let me know i'll come la- oh, i'll come laugh okay <laughs> even if i bomb <laughs> yes especially if you bomb great <laughs> i'm i'm really good at supportive laughter because i got a lot of practice okay <laughs> but it's one of those things like watching a heavy tv show where you got to be in the right mindset (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. well that's awesome and then you also do a lot of your own content creation tell us about that and where people can go to find you sure um you can find me on instagram um just dupree so that's j-u-s-t-d-u underscore p-r-e-e um and i haven't uh yeah i have like a bunch of sketch comedy on youtube if you just look me up on youtube lauren dupree i should come up um and then I also have a blog, which is justdupree.com, um, and then an Instagram page for that, which is Just Dupree the blog. And on the blog, I talk about um, my health issues and also not just like physical, but like mental and emotional and things that I've learned in this process and what has helped me. Um, and I also do health updates on YouTube. Um, so yeah, you know, just creating a bunch of stuff i also did my first uh solo show in that was march yeah i when people ask me what it was i or what like what the show was i always have trouble like putting into words but i guess the best way to describe it was a variety show yeah totally (laughs) yeah there was kind of a little bit of everything um but it was a lot of fun and i definitely plan on doing it again and writing more uh shows to do so yeah i was there it was fantastic thank you um and yeah your sketch comedy is great and and like you're so funny in the strange love web series that will hopefully someday be produced (laughs) you play a an android character yes well it's like an artificial intelligence that is at first just in a computer but then spoiler alert eventually gets a body 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And is kind of my character's daughter in a way because I <laughs> programmed you, but but I don't think of you that way, but you do. And it's, yeah. it's and hilarity ensues. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was definitely a lot of fun to play. <laughs> yeah. You were so funny. Thank um, you. Yeah. I'd read that script with several different versions of like different people playing parts uh-huh. because people keep moving away and I keep having to recast. <laughs> yeah. And that reading um, with Andy and Sarah and you was by far the, the best one. That was the one where like people were actually laughing and it seemed like the script was funny. Yeah. Um, like other times I'm like, is this, I don't know if this is funny. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I can't tell if, is this being read wrong or yeah. is it bad? I don't know. Yeah. But that time I felt like it was actually good. Well, that's so, great. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I cap getting that to capture on film. I'm sure will be a whole other challenge. Oh yeah, like something being funny in your mind or on paper, and then having it work on film yeah. is a whole different thing. Yeah, and sometimes you know, tough I to think make that happen. For me, the way that I write, like I feel like I see it on film as I'm writing it. Uh huh. Um, which is why I like creating so much because it's like. I saw this in my mind and now it's real. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, the way that I write, like I, I see how I want it to be done. Like as I'm writing it. So yeah. 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 Me too. I think. Yeah. I feel like I introduced you at the end. I feel like we did this backwards. Like I didn't, <laughs> like I didn't give anyone a sense of who you were oh, until yeah. the end of the podcast. It's kind of like, Hey, all right, let's get into it. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. It's I, all good. I did I mean, this backwards. We got yeah. there eventually though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a blast. If you ever want to come back on the show, you have an open invitation. So thank you. if you have, if you watch something sci-fi related, oh, okay. you let me know. And you already, you texted me about raising Dion, which looks yes. really good. Okay. I'm not going to say anything about it right now, but if you would have, yeah, we could, we could definitely talk about that. Did you watch it already? Yes. It's, it's good. <laughs> we'll talk about it next <laughs> Okay. All right. I got to watch it. Raising Dion. I got to watch it. All right. Lauren Dupree, thank you so much for being here. This yes, was a blast. Thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, until next time, listeners out there, thank you for listening. Stay nerdy out there awkward version of that outro that I just did. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. It's fine. Space Nerds is listener-funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash jessemercurysci-fi. If you love this podcast, help me spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform, leaving us a positive rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice, or by contacting me directly via email at sci-fi at jessemercury.com. For more cosmic content, including my sci-fi synth-pop album, music videos, podcasts, and live streams, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!